0: chapter 2 part 5 of a common story by ivan goncharov translated by constance garnett 1861 to 1946 this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter 2 part 5 while his uncle was speaking alexander was balancing a packet in his hand what have you there alexander had been impatiently expecting this question this i have long wanted to show you poems you once showed an interest i don't remember it at all i think i did not show any interest you see uncle i regard official life as a dry occupation in which the soul has no part but the soul thirsts for self-expression it thirsts to share with others the overflow of emotions and thoughts which fill it well what of it Asked his uncle impatiently i feel an impulse to creative work which means you would like some other occupation besides official duties for instance some translation well it's very praiseworthy what is it to be literary work yes uncle i wanted to ask you if you had a chance of getting anything inserted are you convinced that you have talent without it of course you can do hack work in literature but what is the use of it If you have talent it is a different matter you can work you will do much that is worth doing and besides it is capital it is worth more than your hundred serfs do you measure this too in money fame fame that is the poet's true reward there is no such thing as fame nowadays there is notoriety but of fame you hear nothing at all or perhaps it has taken to appearing in another form the better a man writes the more money he gets however in these days a decent author lives decently he is not frozen and starved to death in a garret though people don't run after him in the street and point at him with their fingers as though he were a clown they have learnt that a poet is not a god but a man that he looks walks thinks and does silly things just like other people why do you look like that like other people what will you say next uncle how can anyone say such things a poet is marked off by a special stamp there are mysterious tokens of the existence in him of higher powers yes just as in some others in the mathematician and the watchmaker or even the manufacturer like myself newton gutenberg watt were also endowed with higher powers like shakespeare dante and the rest if i could manage by some special process to work our petersburg clay till china could be made of it better than saxony or sevres do you consider that this would not show the possession of higher powers you are mixing up art with manufactures uncle oh god forbid art is one thing manufacture is another but there may be creative genius in one just as much as in the other and similarly there may not if there is not the manufacturer is simply called a manufacturer and not a creative genius and the poet too without genius is not a poet but a rhymer haven't you been told about this at the university pray what did you learn there the uncle began to be vexed with himself for having been led into such an exposition of what he considered commonplace truisms it's like a sincere outburst of feeling he reflected show me what have you there he demanded verses his uncle took the papers and began to read the first page whence the cloud of pain and sorrow swooping sometimes suddenly on the heart with life at conflict he began to smoke a cigar and continued filling it with passion high why in time of storm and tempest doth some gloomy dream of ill with unfathomable sadness strike the inmost spirit chill of the distant skies the silence fills us now with dread and fright dread and fright one and the same thing i gaze upwards the moon soundless that's not so bad and not good he said as he finished it however others have begun worse than that you can try a little write work at it if you have the inclination possibly talent may show itself then it will be a different matter Alexander was very downcast he had expected a very different criticism he was a little consoled by reflecting that his uncle was a cold man almost destitute of soul here is a translation from schiller he said well i will look at it have you learnt foreign languages too then i know french german and a little english i congratulate you you should have told me so before there's a good deal to be made of you you talked to me long ago about political economy philosophy archaeology god knows what all but of the most important thing not a word misplaced modesty i will get you some literary work at once really uncle how good you are allow me to embrace you wait till i have got it for you will you not show any of my compositions to my future chief to give him an idea of me no it is not necessary if there is any need you show it yourself but perhaps it will not be needed do you make me a present of your dissertations and compositions make you a present of them by all means uncle said Alexander, who was rather flattered by this request on the part of his uncle would you not like me to make you an index of all the articles in chronological order no there is no need of that thanks for the present yevsay take these papers to Vasily why to vasily surely to your study he asked me for some paper to paste on something what uncle cried Alexander in horror clutching the heap back again you gave them to me you know and what does it matter to you what use i make of your present you are quite ruthless he groaned in despair clasping his manuscripts in both hands to his heart Alexander, listen to me said his uncle taking the manuscript from him you will not have to blush hereafter and you will thank me for it Alexander. let the manuscripts drop out of his hands there take them away yevsay said piotr ivanitch well now your room is tidy and nice there is no rubbish lying about it will depend on you whether it is filled with worthless litter or with something sensible let us go to the factory for a walk to get a breath of fresh air and to see how they are working one morning Pyotr ivanitch took his nephew to the office of the department and while he himself was talking to his friend the chief of the department Alexander began to make acquaintance with this new world he was absorbed in dreaming of schemes and was cudgelling his brains to think what political question could be put for him to solve and meanwhile he stood and looked about exactly like my uncle's factory he decided at last just as there one overseer takes a piece of the soft stuff throws it into a machine turns it once twice three times and lo and behold it comes out a cone an oval or a semicircle then he passes it to another who bakes it in the fire a third gilds it a fourth engraves it and it comes out a cup or a vase or a saucer and here a casual petitioner comes in almost crawling and with a pitiful smile hands in a paper an overseer takes it only just runs his pen across it and hands it to another who throws it into a mass of thousands of other papers but it is not lost stamped with a number it passed unharmed through twenty hands multiplying and begetting more of its own kind at last when it is covered with the dust of ages they disturb it and deliberate over it and every day every hour to-day to-morrow and for all time the bureaucratic machine works smoothly without hitch or pause as though not made of men but as though it were made of wheels and springs but where is the intelligence animating and moving this edifice of papers thought Alexander. in the books in the papers themselves or in the heads of all these men and what faces he saw here such faces seemed not to be met in the street walking in the light of heaven Here one fancies they were born and reared to manhood in their places and here they will die adouev looked attentively at the chief of the department like jupiter the thunderer he opens his mouth and a mercury runs up with a copper number on his breast he holds out his hand with some paper ten hands are stretched out to take it ivan ivanitch said he ivan ivanitch jumped up from a table ran up to jupiter and was beside him in the twinkling of an eye and Alexander felt overawed though he could not himself have said why give me my snuff-box with both hands he held the open snuff-box to him in a servile manner now examine him said the chief pointing to adouev so this is who is to examine me thought adouev looking at the yellow face and threadbare elbows of ivan ivanitch is it possible that this man could settle questions of state have you a good hand asked ivan ivanitch a good hand yes a good handwriting i will trouble you to copy that paper Alexander was surprised at this request but he did so ivan ivanitch made a grimace when he looked at what he had written a poor handwriting he said to the chief of the department the latter looked at it yes it's not good he can't write fair copies well let him for a time write out absence permits and then when he is a little used to it set him to writing forms for deeds perhaps he will do he has been educated at a university very soon Adouev too became one of the springs of the machine he wrote 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 unendingly and began to wonder how it was possible to do anything else in the morning but when he remembered his dissertations he blushed uncle he thought in one thing you were right cruelly right can it be so in everything can i have been mistaken in those inspired thoughts kept to myself alone and that warm trust in love in friendship and in men and in myself what is life then he bent over his papers and scribbled all the more zealously but tears were glistening on his eyelashes fortune certainly smiles upon you said piotr ivanitch to his nephew i was in an office a whole year to begin with without salary but you have been put on the upper scale of salary at once why it's seven hundred fifty roubles and with the christmas extras it will be a thousand roubles it's splendid for the first start the chief of the department praises you only he says you are careless sometimes you don't put in your stops and sometimes you will forget to write a synopsis of the paper pray get out of that way the chief thing is to pay attention to what is before your eyes and don't go flying off aloft the uncle pointed upwards with his hand From this time he behaved more affectionately to his nephew. What a splendid fellow my head clerk is, uncle said Alexander one day. And how do you know that? I have made friends with him. Such an elevated soul. Such a pure, noble turn of mind. And with his sub, too. He is a man, I think, of firm will, of iron character. You have had time already to make friends with him? Yes, indeed. Did not your head clerk invite you to go to see him on Thursdays? yes indeed every thursday i fancy he feels a special attraction to me and he asked his sub to lend him money oh yes uncle a trifle i gave him twenty-five roubles which i had with me he asked for eighty more you have given it to him already ah said his uncle with vexation i am partly to blame in the matter for not having warned you beforehand but i thought that you weren't simple to such a point as to lend money after only a fortnight's acquaintance there is no help for it now we will divide the guilt for twelve and a half roubles you may count on me my uncle surely he will return it oh you needn't reckon on that i know him i lost a hundred roubles over him when i was in that office he borrows from everyone now if he asks you again you tell him that i beg him to remember his debt to me he will soon stop and don't go to see him why uncle he's a gambler he will sit you down with two more fine fellows like himself and they will play into each other's hands and leave you without a penny a gambler said alexander in amazement is it possible he seems so inclined to sincere outbursts but you tell him as though incidentally in conversation that i have taken all your money to take care of it and you will see whether he will be so inclined to sincere outbursts and whether he will ever invite you to come to him on thursdays Alexandra grew thoughtful his uncle shook his head and you imagine that they were angels sitting by you there sincere outbursts special attraction indeed so it seems it has never struck you to reflect whether they might not be scoundrels it was a pity for you to come he said certainly it was a pity one day Alexander was only just awake when yevsay gave him a large parcel with a note from his uncle at last here is some literary employment for you was written on the letter i met an acquaintance of mine a journalist yesterday he has sent you some work on trial Alexander's hands trembled with pleasure when he broke the seal of the parcel it was a german handwriting what is it prose he said about what and he read written above in pencil on manures an article for our column on agriculture you are requested to return it as soon as possible a long while he sat gloomily before the article then slowly with a sigh he took his pen and began to translate it in two days the article was ready and dispatched capital capital said piotr ivanitch a few days later the editor was very pleased with it only he thinks the style is a little too ornate but one can't expect everything at first he wants to make your acquaintance. Call on him to-morrow at seven in the evening. He will have another article for you by then on the same subject again, Uncle, no, on something different. he did tell me, but I have forgotten. Oh, yes, on potato starch, you must have been born, Alexander, with a silver spoon in your mouth. I begin at last to suspect that something will be made of you soon. Perhaps I shall stop saying to you, why did you come?" a month has not gone by and already good luck is being showered upon you from all sides one thousand roubles from your office and the editor offers a hundred roubles a month for sixty-four pages of print that makes twenty-two hundred roubles you know no i did not begin like that he said knitting his eyebrows a little write and tell your mother you are provided for and how i will answer her too i will tell her that in return for her kindness to me i have done all i could for you Mamma will be very grateful to you, Uncle, and I too," said Alexander with a sigh. But this time he did not throw himself onto his uncle's neck. End of Chapter Two. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine.